Joe, compulsive overeater, 260 pounder. That means that I am currently 260 pounds down from my uh, max all-time body weight. Um, because you want to get a sense of what that, that means and because uh, it, it matters and because the body image is, is a big part of this for me, I'm going to go ahead and, and share my, uh, my, uh, my life here. So let's go ahead and just share the screen. So that was the, the so that was, uh, that was my most, my last, uh, headshot. Uh, one of the, one from that last headshot, um, uh, for, uh photography, uh, as is this one, same day. And that's probably somewhere in the realm of like 480, 490 pounds, uh, trying to think that I might actually have a, a career in entertainment uh, as an actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the best I, I could feel about uh, how I could look at that, at that size. And, I, and I'm very clear that I had to be that size to learn how to love myself at that size. Um, this is gonna be some of the, the more of the history. So I'm six foot four. Uh, pretty tall guy. 512 pounds is my maximum body weight. Uh, so I'm currently less than half of my all-time weight. I'm, I'm currently 250 pounds. Um, this is this is it. This was was what uh, joy and, and whatnot looks like. When you've lost over 250 pounds, uh, uh, 200 pounds in program, people start to ask, or just in life, they're like, were you always heavy? Were you, were you heavy as a kid? Like, and, um, and I and I have this picture here uh, from when I was nine years old, because that's my, my <laughs> little league soccer card. And it tells uh, the story of, uh, on the back of the card, it says I was five foot, uh, 105 pounds, uh, which I think is like a, a normal average adult woman's uh, size these days is five foot, 105. It's normal. It's well within normal. But in my mind, I was already, um, um, I was chubby. I already had, had stories. But I'm very clear, like I was five foot, foot tall at nine years old. By the time I was 13, um, I was 5'10", um, 270. So I gained 170 pounds in four years, including 10 inches of height. So some part of that is, is, was normal and some part of it wasn't. Um, both of my parents, these are uh, my, my parents, and that's my sister, and these are my grandparents. Uh, this is me after the first time I lost uh, 100 plus pounds in a fad diet in, in high school. Senior year of high school, I went on a fad diet, lost uh, 55 pounds for my prom, and then another 50 pounds freshman year of, of college, restricting. And I understand it as restricting. Um, now, uh, I'm gonna give you the, the, the real piece de resistance, what you really wanna see, is a recent photo. Um, yeah, so you could tell it because it's very much still me. Um, yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely a whole part of this that is the outside and how the world um, interacts with me and, and, and how, um, how I feel about how people um, experience me. And then there's, there's everything on this side of my eyes. And, um, and, and it's the, the, the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. Um, it fades like a scar. But it never, I don't know that it, like, I'm, I, it hasn't actually gone away from me, like, entirely. So um, knowing that we have uh, newcomers here, I will focus. When I say that newcomers are the most important people here, um, at this point in my program, meetings are largely for service. I'm uh, coming up on, I'm a, I'm a year and a half uh, in my uh, current abstinence and sobriety with food. Um, I practice a very specific abstinence is 
um, refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors uh, while uh, working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight. I have a phenomenal memory. I don't expect people to memorize that. I did uh, because I, I do something that's beyond that. So there's being in the food. We all know, I hope, uh, what that looks like, right? It's it's in the food. It's the food is, is, is the solution. The food is where it's at. It's like, if I'm not, if you're between me and my food, you're, I, you're, I hate you and you don't, I don't need you to exist right now and get out of my face right? That's, that's in the food. And then there's like sliding into the food. So that's in the food. Then there's abstinence, abstaining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors while working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight. Um, I used to hate repetition. I used to hate feeling like I was repeating myself. Now I realize that there's a certain magic to it uh, because we still read the steps every, every meeting, right? Not just for the, for the newcomers, but for us who have been here, right? So, so that's like one step away from the food. Right. That's like for me, that's almost the equivalent of being a dry drunk. Right. Like you're, I'm not, you know, I'm not sober. Right. I might still be an a-hole. Uh, I might still have behaviors like an addict, um, but I'm like just not like for me, my alcoholic foods. Um, I my first absence was no white flour, uh, no sugar if it was in the first five ingredients of an item uh, and no chips. Um, since then, I now practice something that's even beyond that, which is called food sobriety. So um, food sobriety is knowing what's good for me and being able to choose it and knowing what's not good for me and being able to not choose it. Uh, when I first came into program, there were fellows who uh, abstained from white flour and sugar. And I was like, I get that, right? I've, I've never been satisfied with one donut. Um, I don't understand uh, people in the world who can take uh, a miniature chocolate from a, uh, a candy. I, this, this meeting, I'm good to mention specific foods as long as I don't linger right on them. So who can take one and, and eat it and that and like nibble nibble and then bite and like that's their portion god bless them um the way i know that i am an alcoholic with food is because i can see um alcoholics and i understand that alcoholism is a real disease and we can talk about the doctor's opinion in the big book and that there's a physical allergy and i can drink one sip of something or one glass of something alcoholic and walk away from it and i can leave a half a glass on the table right but i have never in my life left a bite of donut, pizza, uh, cookies, uh, bagels, etc. right? Like if, if it's there, it's, 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 um, it owns me until I kill it. Um, and that's, and, and that was my life. Um, then in this program, I, I learned early on that there were some fellows who, who abstained from nut butters. And I was like, I was like, what really? Like you can't handle like, like almond butter and peanut butter. Like what's wrong with you? Like, except that's me, except it's not that I can't physically eat three ounces of almond butter and walk away from it. It's that the mental obsession, like if, if I had almond butter in the house now, I would know exactly how many ounces were in the jar. I would know that I bought a 16 ounce and I, was, and I ate three, I ate three today, that's my portion. I used to eat a half a pound. I used to take in a, a jar, I used to take a, 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 a head of uh, celery or, or a half a dozen, you know, a pound of apples and sit there and dip it in the jar until the, the, the thing I was dipping was gone. Just, just mindless, just numbing, just oblivion. And, um, and, and I would obsess over it. And if I had three ounces, I can eat three ounces and it doesn't trigger the physical allergy because I, I eat nuts, I eat, I eat almonds, but almond butter, I will obsess. I will obsess because I can get high off of it. I can get high off of it. And I'm a grown man, I'm 41 years old. It's embarrassing to be out in the world and have to admit, and they, normies don't get it. Don't stop, if you're a newcomer, do not expect, and we call them normies. And it is a little diminutive because, because they don't get, like it's, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I won't stay, uh, it's just 
like they, 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 the same way that people say it about alcoholics, right? That people don't know how could you just, how could you not eat, you know, just leave that, you know, it's doing, it's so terrible. Uh, but it's just, it's a phenomenal experience. So, uh, so that was, was what it was like early on. Um, I've, I've worked with a couple different sponsors, find a sponsor who has the recovery you want and ask them how they're doing it. Because this is, this is as many as there are, there are 28, uh, 29, 27, uh, cause you got the zoom room, uh, people on, on the zoom and then however many you have, uh, there in person. And there's that many different ways to work this program, right? What, uh, there's, there's, uh, over 20 of you out there, uh, 18, at least 18 of you, what you eat, if I ate it would get me drunk, would get me food drunk. Like I, I can't, it's I, this part of this process, part of this program is finding somebody who has the recovery you want <coughs> and doing what they did. And part of that is an experience of surrendering the decisions. Right. So for me, that looks like uh, no unilateral food decisions to the best of my ability. Everything I eat, everything I drink has been pre-discussed, pre-cleared. Um, pre uh, I personally, um, I weigh and measure my food. Why? Because I want to know that it's enough. I don't want to, to look at a piece of chicken and think like, was that was that how many how many ounces was that? Like, uh, was that enough? Because I don't feel like it was enough and it doesn't look like it was enough. But for me, it used to be 12 ounces of protein for lunch and dinner when I was 480 pounds when I was 300 pounds, 350 pounds. Now it's eight ounces lunch and dinner up to, right? And sometimes, now sometimes I'm gentle with myself, a specific piece of chicken or a specific thing. And like, I can clear, I can take a photo and I can send it to my sponsor and he'll say, yep, yeah, that's good. And, I, and I'm like, all right, that's good. Um, but, but I weigh and measure often because I, I wanna know that like, like, cause I'll look at it and sometimes be like, well, I got charged for the bones, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't always want to get charged for the bones. Sometimes I need to know that I got, that I had the most I was able to have, right? Because, because I want to know that I was taken care of. I want to know that it was enough food. And the way I know that it was enough food is that eight ounces of food was enough yesterday for lunch, eight ounces of protein and a plate of produce, right? And, and that's, and that's been my, my experience. Um, we'll talk in, this is the attitude adjustment meeting. So we'll talk about some of the attitudes that uh, sucked. Okay. So some of the attitudes in life that suck. Um, thank you. Thank you. So um, I used to um, be the guy on the plane who uh, you wouldn't want to sit next to, who, who like, I used to tell people uh, if I was chatting with them on the way in, into the plane, walk behind me, watch the, the, the faces of relief when people have a middle seat open, right, next to them on a plane, and I walk past them. Because there's that moment where they're like, is this guy, is this guy gonna sit next to me? And I was that guy. I used to budget uh, for, um, I used to budget to buy the person sitting next to me a snack or something because my existence on the flight was gonna be uh, an inconvenience to them. Me being alive and only having paid for one ticket because I was gonna need, I was gonna put, need to ask them to put the arm up and I was gonna be leaning on them or, or like it was gonna be that like, uncomfortable personal space. Uh, I flew on a, in a window seat the last time I flew. I, I didn't, wasn't able to get a regular, an aisle seat. I realized I didn't need an aisle seat. I'm still, I still have uh, the fat thinking. Um, Roseanne, the founder of OA, she ironically didn't find it through AA. She found it through Gamblers Anonymous, which is bizarre and interesting to me. And I, I'm fa fan of, fascinated by the history. She said, she talks about in her story that it was her, um, that it wasn't just the, the healthy body weight or, or, or looking or, or getting to a, whatever that was because she still had to get over the fat thinking. That was the problem with me for fat dieting. That was the attitude adjustment that needed to change because 
I had done three different fad diets in my life, lost over 100 pounds three times and gained it all back and then some. And when I say fad diet, it's because I was restricting, right? And it's a very fine line in the difference between I abstain from white flour and sugar. And that is a surrender to God. I get honest with the, with spirit, with the world, with my body and say, when I eat these things, I crave them. When I eat these things, I obsess over them. When I eat these things, my life becomes about them. Okay. And, and I want a different experience because I'm, because I, I'm, I'm over that. Uh, so pulling out of a dive, pulling out of a slip, out of a relapse, pulling out of the food. Um, it's, uh, when they say it's, a. Uh, um, it's, it, it, it was, this was always fascinating to me. Uh, other fellowships, like there's a reason there's not just one program, one size fits all, because other fellowships, AA, uh, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't get you to, do a, to have a 10 minute chip. 10 minutes is not enough time in, in, in AA to be, right, to, to be away from, from that, right? Um, but this program, this program has 10 minute chips. This program, I, I, uh, I also work recovery in SLAA, uh, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Um, one of my sponsees, I used to talk about needing a one second chip right? Or a 10 second chip, because sometimes I just needed 10 seconds to just like be here present with, with God and let that woman who's very attractive, like alone with her life and go on with her, with her life. And that, and so one of my sponsees made that for me. Um, but pulling out of a slip, out of a relapse uh, or out of the food, um, it requires a level up of willingness. It requires me to grow my willingness. Now, now the challenge is, and if you find people who have the relapse in their story, um, to grow their willingness without pain, right? If you're a newcomer and you're in here, there's pain, okay? For me, the pain was um, I had lost 90 pounds the year I got into program before I got into program. I, was, I had been in a traumatic car accident and gained 30 pounds back in less than three months. And that culminated in a binge on Thanksgiving. That culminated in me um, having, you know, taking a, half, taking a plate of food, eating it halfway down, because I was afraid people would notice how much I was eating and then putting more food on the plate and then finishing that whole plate and then getting up and doing a lap around the room. And, and it was food, food as, um, as sport. Right. And, and now here, and, and the challenges and the, the, the thing I, I, my experience has shown me is that food is not my problem. Right. We're going to, we we're talking a lot about food. I, I've, I've spent a lot of time thus far talking about food. Food is not my problem. Food was my best solution. And I consider myself a very smart guy. I consider myself a very sharp, very intelligent guy. And not just because I do, but because other people do. Because I used to get that uh, a lot. Oh, you've got such great potential. And, uh, and yeah, and I used to think I'm sm I am smart, right? And, uh, and the self-knowledge, right? I can tell you about my, uh, my food. I can tell you about things that triggered me. I can tell you about emotional trauma that I numbed out from. But realistically, like, like I, I just have never felt safe. And, and the only thing that, like, I feel like I'm a raw nerve. I feel like the way uh, the Hulk talks about it in, in Marvel, in the Avengers movie. Uh, I'm not out there protected. I'm not in a suit. I'm not, I don't have the suit of armor. I'm not, an, I'm not Iron Man and protected and, and cared for. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a raw nerve. Um, you know, like, like, I, you know, in this, in this moment, I could be a raw nerve about like, I'm sweating, right? Cause I'm nervous. Cause I want to be of service and I want to be of contribution and I want to, and I want to look good because that's supposed to be inspiring. Right. <laughs> but I'm self-conscious cause like I'm sweating and like, can you see the sweat lines? Like, is that a thing? And so it's, Five minutes. Um, thank you. Um, so yeah, so I'm a raw nerve when children look at me, would look at me and go, you're fat. I'm like, yeah, I was. And it hurt. And it was true. 
and it didn't hurt any more or less than it was true. And it was just another reason to eat. And, and here's the, the catch 22 is that I'm a compulsive overeater. I have this ism, right? I am uh, they talk about uh, in, the, in the doctor's opinion in the big book. And I, I will, I don't have it handy through me, but the big, big book is where it's at. Get start, start there. That's where the message began. Um, we're learning how to work the program. The nine tools are great. Literature is one of them. The, the number, top of my list on literature is the big book. Um, I, I, be a big book thumper, find people who, who understand, study it. When they say big book study, I spent, I, I probably, until I started calling fellows to set up a, like, oh, I'm going to read the big book with you for a half hour twice a week, just because we're supposed to study it. And like, I don't even know if I know what that means, but let's do it. Um, and my sponsor was like, uh, yeah, just don't start with the steps. If you're going to read that with somebody who doesn't have an experience of the steps, then just like start with the stories in the back. And then, and then I had an experience of the steps and he's like, okay, now that you have an experience of the steps and you've done your, your, you've completed, you know, your steps now go and sponsor and read the big book with them. But it's about a spiritual journey, a spiritual path. So I, let's see, I covered food was not the problem. It was my best solution. I definitely fat, uh, newcomers, willingness and wantingness, right? You may not really be willing do it anyway become wanting to be willing. When they say in the big book, we implore you to be thorough and fearless from the very start. Um, they, that, that comes from experience. That's a hundred men and women who, who were trying to kick alcohol, right? And they didn't have um, like, like they didn't have to sit down three to five times a day and have their alcohol put in the front of their face and be offered the opportunity to, to, to act out with it, right? We're the only fellowship where you go into a recovery clubhouse and our crack is there. My crack is there behind the counter. That is not fair, right? And you, us, we are the only people who are gonna get that, right? The normie, in that sense, even, even those other people in other fellowships are a little bit normie because they don't understand, because unless they're, unless they're one of us and they're just in denial. And we know those, those people too. Um, so grow your willingness to be willing and grow your willingness without pain, right? To do this without pain. If you can grow your willingness without pain, Right. That that I think is the smartest thing I've learned or I endeavor to. I have that conversation. I come to other fellows with that conversation. How can you become more willing? Well, I call my sponsor and he's 11 years abstinent and sober with food. And I say, what do you do that I'm not doing that? Because I know that that's what it takes for him in 11 years to have this and to keep this recovery. So I say, okay, well, I do this much and you do that much. So let me grow my willingness to do more things. Let me take, let me, let me try taking on too many uh, uh, commitments and see what happens there. Let me always say yes for the, for now when, when somebody asks me to come and share. So I'm on back-to-back -back meetings because I had my early meeting and I cut out of that one because that's still my meeting. Cause I go to a 945 Eastern body image meeting out of New York. I'm in Florida. All right. We're going to wrap it up with uh, spirit. So there's a lot of this ugly uh, three little three letter word in uh, uh, in this book, uh, G-O-D, in these books. My, uh, I was atheist or agnostic at best when I got into program. I am in the process of becoming more religious and more uh, observant and more spiritual. I, I have it at arm's reach. It's not quite entirely my jam there. But there is um, always, there's always, um, there's always, it's, it's, it's easy to find things that are more powerful than I am, right? The food is certainly, uh, feel, has felt like it's been more powerful than I am, right? And I can't, I can't be sure, right? Like some days I'm more, it seems like I'm more powerful than food, some days I'm not, right? Um, but, but fellows, um, I, I, I'm clear like the cosmos, right? Like I do not control the tides, 
right? I don't control the movement of celestial bodies. Uh, so that's more powerful than I am. Halley's Comet is more powerful than I am. Uh, I do not know, or I do not have any real belief that Halley's Comet gives a fuck what I eat today. I cannot imagine that, that Halley's Comet is out there, has some consciousness and is thinking, you know, I really wonder what Joe Kay in Brooklyn, from Brooklyn down in Florida is eating today. I'm like, is he gonna be abstinent? Is like, now the thing we read, right? The thing we read, uh, right, the statement, my commitment to abstinence, right? That's the key to the, uh, that's the key to the ballpark. That's the key, that's the key to, 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 to life, right? That's the key to having the space of all of it. And, um, and they're just acknowledging that, that, that there's a part of this world that I don't understand why it works. And that's my higher power. That's where my higher power starts. And for some people it's God and Jesus. And for some people it's the great spirit. And I created something for some of my sponsees, uh, TGO2, the great engine of the universe, right? Because I can talk to the universe like it's a computer because I put inputs in and I get outputs out, right? And if I treat it a certain way, I get certain results. And I don't always understand it. I don't, I don't under, always understand how, uh, how my car works when I put the key in the ignition. I, it's not keys anymore. I sit in and I hit and I push a button. RFID, right? Whatever. The point is like, I don't necessarily know how it works, but it does. Time. So my, thank you. I'll wrap up by saying, give this, give this program an opportunity to work for you. Work it, work it. Because work it because you can look at me and say, and I am very clear, I'm 100% unequivocal, I am a walking, talking miracle of this program, okay? If you do not believe miracles, I'm going to put my number in the chat, I'm available for outreach, I'm, I'm, we're going we're gonna to talk about it, but, but it's, and, and I look forward to hearing what you all have to share about it, but, but it is like there it, it, it's here it's it's here you the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization the fear the shame the guilt the anxiety is not how you have to live on a daily basis there will always be something that's that pulls me that invites me to that right i'm 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 not any better or any different than any of you i'm just a little bit further down the road and the ditch of addiction is still right there it's still right there sometimes it's louder sometimes it's quieter but if I stay and, and, and they talk about being in the herd and staying in the herd, H-E-R-D, I want you to stay in the herd, H-E-A-R-D. I want you to feel heard, to be heard. Find people, find your we team in this program. Thank you for letting me be of service.